0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Esports Next podcast. I am thrilled to be joining as the host for season three, along with my co-hosts. We are gonna be interviewing speakers, sponsors, and attendees of the Esports Trade Association Conference in Chicago. So if you're looking to understand who will be at the conference and what they're all about, tune in, come join us.
1: This podcast is sponsored by PeopleWork.
0: PeopleWork puts the power of automation, advanced technology, skills data, and behavioral sciences at the fingertips of all users to build a future-ready workforce. Download the PeopleWork app today. All right, welcome to another episode of the Esports Next podcast. It is my pleasure, along with my lovely co-host, ESTA founder, Megan Van Petten, to welcome the executive director of iGame USA and the president of the ESTA Idaho chapter, Gina Johnson. Thank you for joining us today.
2: Hi, thank you for having me. I really do appreciate you guys inviting me.
0: Absolutely, it's our pleasure. And uh, I believe you are hailing today from Boise, Idaho. Not Boise, Idaho. For uh, we can we can teach some some Idaho terminology here to start the episode.
2: Well, technically I live in Meridian, but I, my office is wherever I'm in at, at the point. So I'm, uh, my office is on the road. So uh, whether I'm in Boise, Meridian, Nampa, Treasure That's Valley pretty, area, basically.
0: Pretty good setup. We were, we were talking before recording here that um, so many people, Megan included, who haven't spent a ton of time in Boise, refer to it as Boise but it's actually called Boise. So feel free to say that yourself and um, appear to be an Idaho insider like me and Gina. Um, Gina, why don't you start us out today? Tell us what is iGameUSA?
2: So iGameUSA is a 501c3 nonprofit, um, helped and founded by my co-board members, uh, John Gerdell and Stephanie Arola. Um, John lives here in Boise and um, Stephanie lives in Texas. And both of them agree that the industry here in Idaho and in the nation needs to be represented better, uh, mainly from a diversity, from a mental health standpoint. Now, there are a ton of charities out there already doing that. Um, our focus is on a specific two-prong focus. Um, first program being a curriculum kit that would be used in schools, sixth grade through twelfth grade. Um, it would act like a library reading program during the summer, but for use for English teachers, and it would give kids the opportunity to combat bullying while also enhancing their writing, reading, and mental health. Um, situations. Wow. Second part, uh, our second program is the eSports program. Now while a lot of charities have done a lot of so far with eSports, um, our organization hopes to create a program where diversity and inclusion are the first and foremost um, point of interest. If you don't have friends, that's okay. You don't know anybody, that's okay. If you're not good at gaming, that's okay. We're gonna have a team setup where it's a one v one v one, you know, until you we in, have like six different tournaments. So, a tournament for each person of the team, and then once those winners are made, that team is formed for that state, and that state would then uh, compete with the forty nine other states. And the winners are the people who work together the most. So we want to have one LGBTQ person, one disabled person, one male, one female, one with a disability, and one who is a senior or uh, some other background, like a veteran or something. So the goal would be is individual people who don't have friends or don't feel like they can hold their own. And we're putting all these strangers in a room together. And the goal is to have them win a championship by working together, which unity and cooperation is our two main values through our whole programs.
0: I love that. You know, gaming is such a great tool to bring people together. And I think all too often we're divided by our differences. And I see you bringing people together who have probably some obvious differences but relying on their commonalities, what they have in common, and being able to communicate, strategize, work together to strive for a common goal. That's incredible. How how long have you been doing this?
2: Well, most of my work has been research and behind-the-scenes application. Um, So about 12 years, I've mainly been getting the data that I need. But I'm hoping that in the near future, I have partners as a result of interested people who are watching this and hearing this podcast, that they may be interested in working with us or at meeting with us during the esports next event.
0: Fantastic. I'd love to hear more about your curriculum as well. Um, I'll tell you an experience I have with my son. He's He can read, but he's learning to get better at reading, you could say and what's so interesting my son just loves minecraft and if i we found some minecraft books that are on his reading level recently at the store and i can tell you he can read those books a whole lot better than all of these other books and um just want to get your take on when you engage a child in something that they are passionate about how much more they lean in, how much more interested they are, and ultimately how they excel.
2: Well, while our programs are still in the research phase, uh, it hasn't been developed yet. The core, the core foundation behind that, is our own personal struggles as board members. Um, Stephanie and John had their own struggles with learning and reading when they were younger. And for me, I could never truly read chapter books that were black and white. I was always reading graphic novels or um, reading something that had like a connection to the video game material, like the numerous tie-in books or comics that came into play. Now, nowadays, you can see tie-in graphic novels for pretty much any English class uh, or mm. a documentary or a video or some type of interactive element. I mean, we could at least play the history version of Assassin's Creed to learn more about France or something. Sure. We didn't have that back sure. in our day. So to combine all of that into one central resource is one thing, but to give teachers the opportunity to focus on journaling which is a whole nother epidemic right now, not just because of COVID or the mental health epidemic, but mm-hmm. just as a resource to get kids interested. Um, that is where we're trying to angle our, our, our net per se into getting people interested in helping
0: us. Interesting.
1: Well, Gina, I know that you've worked behind the scenes setting this up. And I was so fortunate enough to talk to you at an early stage. And we're so proud to have you as our chapter president and leader as you're developing um, your foundation there in Boise. It's there a big know. it's a big ask. It's a big, it, big task. So Yeah. And you give a busy, passionate, committed person, something to do and they get it done. I remember talking to you and, you know, I have so many conversations, but I love when you say um, diversity and inclusion, and I mean, everyone, and that is boy, you're everyone really is everyone. And I think that um, there's certain, there's, there's, there's a certain re-education that we have to let um, remind, you know, if you walk in a room, for example, and you scan the room and regardless what it is, a coffee connection, a party, a meetup, a networking event, there's someone there that is sweating bullets and they're uncomfortable and they don't feel like they fit in or more than one person. And if, if, if we can be more conscious of, who we're with and Mm. connect because the best book, one of the best books I've ever read is everyone communicates, few connect. And one of the, one of our overlookings sometimes is our seniors. Think about it. Retirement. Some people retire as early as 55. We're living to be a hundred, you know, like that is a group right there that wants to be included and they're passionate Um, and there's all sorts of you know who's missing out but it's each of our job individually it is my responsibility in my in my when I'm anywhere that I scan a room and and make sure I'm there for who might not be okay that's
2: exactly what I've been doing I um I have this philosophy that everyone matters. Um, During COVID, I saw so many people just trying to hang on. And I ended up um, doing something very small, very simple, something anyone in the world can do. And it just broke so many barriers so that it could bring hope and love to the community. And that is, Mm -hmm. I said, thank you for your hard work. And I said that to Walmart pickers, to cart, you know, gatherers, to people who were doing uh, restaurant, you know, jobs, anyone and everyone, even people who weren't even interacting with anyone, no co-workers. Yeah, you know, I just said that to them. Mm. And you'd be surprised how many people were crying on site because that kept them going. You didn't know what they were mm. going through. But if we can provide that type of just keep on going, thank you for your hard work, you could see their lives being impacted. And gamers have that potential as well. Now, normally, when we're not chatting at each other and charging at each other in the chat lobby, we are really enjoying and playing and having fun. But there is a big difference between having fun and being able to be productive while having fun and being able to be Recognized as a treatment for having fun. And I mean, we have been through mm-hmm. so many hurdles, not just as a community or in, in Idaho or nationwide or globally. But, you know, when I heard video game addiction was a disease, I say, yeah, but that's 2% of the 2%. What about the people who could afford a game instead of a pill? What about people mm-hmm. who are doing counseling with a game instead of a $10,000 pill? I've been there on both fronts and gaming has saved my life if we can bring that type of love down the earth to the student who's struggling in his english or art class or just being bullied altogether, together that is our goal that is our hope that if idaho of all places could kick something off that'd be great i mean we've already got an amazing bsu esports team We've won national championships that no one expected, and uh, now BSU is struggling to figure out whether or not they can keep going. The legislature
1: doesn't support them because yeah. they don't, they don't want that. Yet, hmm. the yeah. So the patience is is challenging with the passion that you have. It is.
0: Yeah,
1: and and yeah, <laughs> and. Yet in due time, my friend,
0: you know, something that I love, I, I saw you write, um, in some of our back and forth was if I'm not an advocate for esports and gaming in Idaho, who will be? Yeah. Like, there's so much power in like, who else will do it? Let me get, do, talk a little bit about that perspective and, and, and a little more of what you're doing. I just love it.
2: Well, when I was when I graduated high school in 2010, um, I was gaming and I struggled a lot with a lot of different things, mental health, physical, social, you know, there It was the mm-hmm. midst of the economy crisis and gaming saved my life when, in 2001 with Halo and Headspots, but it gave me purpose and I started to realize that there was a need here in Idaho. There was an underground movement. There was an underground community, but you only found it in certain parts. You only found it online or at the midnight releases. And Mind you, midnight releases rarely happen now, and online is great to a certain extent. States all over have central gathering spaces, but here in Idaho, we're an underground community that no one recognizes because there is no physical community that we can have an average daily presence at. There's hmm. no esports arena for the regular public. There's no um, gathering space for the general public on a daily basis.
0: Hmm. And
2: if Idaho is going to have a spot, someone has to start early, right? So in right. in 2014, I was asked to go to the Idaho Department of Commerce and participate in a focus group. A few months before they asked me that, I came to them saying someone needs to advocate for video games. They said, okay, we'll keep you on a list. Two months later, I get a call saying, we're doing a focus group. Okay, I'll come in I'll represent the gamer, just the consumer itself. I go there. I'm the only female in 150 people. Mm. And I'm the only one representing gamers themselves. Mm. So that gave me perspective that there needs to be someone behind the scenes helping advocate, but there also needs to be people who will be in front of the scenes people at Boise state lots of students enjoy this opportunity but yeah. during covid we almost lost funding completely and i can't speak on behalf of boise state cuz i'm not an employee or a student but yeah. i can tell you right now students and employees want to be involved they're just they're struggling just to be accepted though the game department the game interactive media design department is one of the best opportunities here in the area and yet it's only really available to students of certain ages or, you know, students in college. What happens when you can? All, when the only place you can go to is a bar or the college or the high school? What, what happens to families? So, right. you know, Idaho is still pretty early, and our hope is to have a few different locations we're working on physically so we can have our own official office location, but also provide a space for them. So... In, in, in general, Idaho is growing, but the movement yeah. has always been here. It just hasn't been vocal enough.
0: Mm. Well, I, I think with your help, um, it definitely will be. You, you've done a great job of identifying all of these different needs of the community. You've been part of it for, for such a long time. Um, can you help us understand some of your specific goals What are some of the answers for some of these questions, or some of the needs that you've experienced?
2: Well, I'm glad you asked that. Um, For our programs, we have been working so hard to find funding, and obviously, funding these days is near impossible for any organization, even for new new charities. Um, We got our charity 501c3 in 2019. Then COVID happened, and everyone else was asking for money. So obviously, we had to rethink things. So Right. I came to uh, a conclusion that we need to actually develop a physical space, a physical hub for people. And so that that developed into something called the Hive campus and the community co-op. The community co-op is a building that we want to acquire that would be transformed from a Direct TV call center to um, the a drop-in game studio where our programs will be designed and for a thousand people at one time to hang out. So it'd be a space for families, for community centers to teach things to to classes and stuff. It'd be a place for our esports to start. It'd be a drop-in center for students who want to develop the game with us. And then the Hive Campus is a much bigger, more crazier endeavor about addressing affordable housing here, which is a major crisis here. Uh, There was a recent study that showed 25,000 homes need to be built um, by 2030 to handle the crisis. And 25,000 modular units and only 200 are usually being built every 10 years. So there's a big disparity. Oh, that's a gap. Yeah. So I came up with a plan to do something that would bring gamers together, bring the tourism industry here, and then empower people for affordable housing. So it's just a matter of figuring out, can I get the message through? It's not about the details anymore. Everyone has that data. It's just a matter of coming up with an idea that is just good enough to have Mm. access, that people will push it forward together, not just go with a random
1: regular stuff that we've been doing for decades. Obviously, that's not working. And if you think about, if you really want to think about it, um, imagine the library movement in schools. Imagine the computer lab movement. The math lab, it's not that As opposed to difficult. the
0: meth lab. <laughs> right, the math lab, not math labs. There's your slogan. Sure. Thank you. Yeah, keep going. So,
1: so glad you keep me out of trouble all the time. <laughs> I told you, Gina. So if we think about it, now imagine if somebody were, were to say, well, I don't really read much. For me, Megan, I love a book, but I'm auto audio. I like listening to the books. So I don't need a library. Okay, that's fine. Now, I loved the math lab. I did my homework, my math homework in the lab. <laughs> it was like the best. I never left the math lab. I had a lot of math in my my degree, loved it. Computer lab, I worked in it. So so, But I could have said, who needs the library? I didn't, I love the library too. I, I, I like talking. So it just didn't work well with me because I couldn't be quiet in the library and so I, I say all that in why do we need a gaming center why do we need a, a gaming arena why do we need a gaming lab hmm. not everybody is going to agree if we need it I mean I would say 10 percent of the students at my university use the math lab and I loved it I was unstoppable in that I did oh my god so um I, there's just always gonna be somebody that's not enrolled in your vision. Mm-hmm. There is, and that and everybody, is- re- you're right, Gina. And everybody reads. And there were people that were like, "I'm not gonna donate to the library." I'm, you know, everybody games. Everybody games. The the art of play is going nowhere. Well, a research is you know at its highest. We're not playing enough. Every single person, you know, so it's just, I, I guess what I'm hearing today is, you know, how ahead of the times you are and the, you know, the, the way you're paving is very exciting for me. And it's, it's not a new journey, but somebody no, has not. to do it.
2: Somebody yeah. has to, yeah. And I don't know. no. It's really important that people realize that here in Idaho, there's already a library location here called Unbound, and Unbound was a very unique concept. The city that I live in Meridian has a very unique relationship with the library system. It's not governed by the city. It's owned Mm -hmm. on its own, where all the other surrounding cities own their own library. So here in Meridian, Unbound facility has these access points. They have these unique small business building tools where um, they have multiple 3D printers, multiple um, Apple computers with software that no one can barely afford on their own. They have a recording room for musicians and stuff. They they have that space. The problem is, is now because people know about it, it's nearly impossible to get anything done because so many people want that. If the hope with our campus, the hope with our community co-op is to expand the unbound's reach tenfold so that there's already proof showing people like that service. Now we just got to get the building. And then if we can do that, we can build our program. So I'm hoping people who are listening here, if you're in Idaho, mm-hmm. if you're not in Idaho, if you're going to go to the conference or you're not, Reach out because we want you. We want you to be there. If you're if you want to help us on the ground or help us virtually, we need you. And I cannot believe how powerful esports in this world has, you know, just created. There's 3.5 billion gamers in this world.
0: Wow. It's
2: it's it's an amazing statistic. Mm-hmm. And an for
0: for those who are hearing you, hearing your passion and wanting to reach out, what are the best ways for people to contact you?
2: Well, um, on August uh, 11th, I will be announcing at a conference I'm going to be speaking. I'm going to be doing a press release virtually that day. And then we're going to have a major um Announcement on our website. So information for people who want to be involved will be available on our website iGameUSA.com. And then for people who are in Idaho who want to get more involved on the local aspects of those programs, um, upgradeidaho.com is how we want to get people involved. So I really want to encourage people, though, that this isn't just an Idaho goal. This isn't just a, a USA goal. You can't change the industry on your own, nor with just local or national support. We may not have the capability to work with international teams yet, but that doesn't mean we're not open to it. Uh, oh. We want to be involved with people. we I mean, my gamer tag is Idaho Gamer Girl, not to just be someone who's from Idaho, but to represent a movement that's here. 250,000 gamers are estimated to be living in Idaho.
0: Well.
2: Very few people can be actually be there at the same time, and that shows that there is a need, not just here but everywhere. And I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that this place, this this whole movement, down the line, ten years from now, we're going to be looking back and saying, you know, it only took one group to start things. Now it takes a community to establish it.
0: So, hmm. I love that. Um- you know, some people might be listening and that for those who aren't as tied into esports or or the gaming experience and saying, why don't people just do this online? You can do it online. You don't need a place to congregate in person. You know, that's the greatest thing. I mean, look at COVID, right? How gaming boomed, right? Because nobody could get together. Can you share some of the benefits that you've experienced personally of gaming together in person.
2: Yeah, um, Idaho is known for its vast outdoor yes. communities, its wildlife, its hunting, fishing, camping, whatever you can imagine. There's Yellowstone. There's you know, like the, the, um, the various parks and whitewater rafting and skiing and all sorts of things. We have celebrities come here all the time just for just because of the outdoor types. The one thing that most people don't realize, though, is that when in Idaho here, there's a ton of gamers who don't have activities for them. They don't have a physical place for them. They're stuck in home and with costs on the rise and the ability to not do what you love, companies not being here. There's only one company employing gamers, which is Lionbridge Technologies, which I helped uh, get them started here. I was their first hire helping right. locally. so. If we did provide a space, you're allowing people to improve their mental health. Because Idaho has one sad, but you know, really, really gnawing fat. And that is, we have the highest student suicide rate, um, ratio in the United States. We're number wow. one. Um, nearly every student basically attempted suicide during covid that is a number that I myself cannot mm-hmm. fathom because I attempted suicide when I was younger. I oh. did it twice. I'm still here. So obviously I'm here to advocate for people. Those people don't have anyone advocating for them. They have gaming, but online gaming is nothing like physical and person gaming. You go to some conference at San Diego Comic-Con or Payor Expo or even Salt Lake Comic-Con, even E3, those events... They're not about just the games that you get to experience. There's a social impact, the physical interaction with people who you enjoy. There's not always gonna be midnight releases. So if we need to do something about that to get people involved physically, there needs to be a physical place. And the cave of your own home is not necessarily going to be the best place to do that for the long-term
0: mental health. Very well said. Yeah, it is. It, it's pretty amazing. I remember a stat, in a stat a couple of years ago um, when high school teams were first like really getting going. And uh, the stat was something like 87% of kids who joined a high school esports team had never been part of any sort of competitive team before in their lives. And so when we think about all the benefits that are obvious to us with traditional sports right to be on team. The, the biggest difference of course is the the physical exertion the the exercise part of it yeah. but set set that aside and you have all the same benefits from building friendships right meeting like-minded people working through difficult things to get to a goal to persevere learning to win with class learning to lose with class, right? Being coached on how to treat one another. These are all things that we recognize with traditional sports that like, Hey, I want to get my kid playing sports because it's going to be good for them. Not all kids play sports.
2: No, I can play plays
0: video games, not all competitive games, but every kid is a gamer nowadays. And um, so I just love highlighting that aspect that, you know, this is a a community, not just of just a big community, but of people, a community of people who are undervalidated and undersupported in the other more traditional, popular aspects of society, like traditional sports. And so we need to lean in uh, in these ways. And it could, to your point, save a life. Right? I mean, making a friend, having a friendship, having someone who cares about you, you care about them, and you can connect and share. It's, it's powerful.
2: Well, I do believe that the one thing that most people, including myself, I never knew that Boise state was going to invest in new in sports until I learned about it in 2017. And, and in 2017, I really was struck on because it's like, you know, I could have gone to college then I would have been able to succeed a whole lot better with that. Um, and 2017 was when our football team kind of just went down to the ground, and we lost most of our funding, or we, we lost most of the fan hope. But when esports came around and we started winning championships, beating the lights of Alabama, Florida, UCLA at national championships wow. and multiple games. That is something that no one expects little little Boise State to do, (laughs) especially saying someone to a parent saying, I wanna go play video games in college as a way to fund my scholarship. Idaho, I can tell you right now, I would not be advocating for Idaho if I didn't know there was an opportunity like that behind us. The problem is, is keeping that opportunity alive and expanding upon it. So as an Idaho chapter president, it's not just about working with people who are wanting to be involved. It's reminding people who are already involved in other ways to keep going, to meet, keep going, moving forward, to keep strong despite the obstacles. And that's one of the reasons I ran for mayor in 2019 for Meridian Idaho, because wow. people need to be reminded. They need to remember that people who are gamers need representation. And to this day, I'm very happy that that message is still received. I just hope that in the future, in the near future, things will things will get going so fast, people won't even realize it came. It'll just be here, available to everyone.
1: Well, we have a little surprise for you. We got your LinkedIn Idaho page up. Thank
0: the biggest you so much. Chapter.
1: Yeah. Yes. And it, I put the link there. Um, for you to check it out in real time and um, or I could share the screen but it looks like you already have uh, uh, about 34 people that are um, part of the (laughs) part of the page so it's interesting that this has worked so well that we helped you provide some structure for a community that's already there You know, community just needs an extra boost. It's not, they're not there just to be silent. They're here to be heard. And everybody is, we all have a voice. We all have a seat at the table and we are all the same. John always says, I treat everyone the same, whether they're a janitor or a CEO. And he said, Megan, but the trick is treat everyone like a CEO and you're, and you're golden. And it's thank just those you. small things, like you know, thanking people that are working when you're off, you know, and, and being thanked when you're working when they're not. You know, I think it just goes such a long way that ripple effect. So I hope you're pleased with your. I am. Your
2: group. It means a ton to have that. So thank you very very much. This is this is the, not just the start of something great. This is a this is the movement already established now it's just about ready to get kicked off and going
0: so I love it well when I heard that you ran for mayor I thought who better to be president right Um, (laughs) well I don't want
2: to be president of the United States I'll tell you that me
0: either (laughs) (laughs) not yet how about the Idaho chapter that'll be (laughs) that's a perfect fit well um Gina I can just tell you first of all your story and your experience is so impactful. Um, I, I know that you've, you, you've definitely influenced so many people positively even more than you know. You've definitely influenced Megan and I today as well as our listeners. For those who are listening and want to stay connected to you, want to assist in the ways that they can or just follow along with what they're doing, uh, what are some of the ways that people can do that?
2: Well, I have three recommendations first is to work with us. We need help. We need volunteers. So whether you're an artist, a programmer, someone who can just get the word out what you whether you have family members or friends who can support. If you're part of a company that helps volunteer, you know, in certain areas that would help Um, whether you're local or national doesn't matter. Uh, We're accepting all the help we can get, but there is one thing we would like people to uh, locally to do, and that is to visit that survey link on um, August 11th on our website. Um, Locally, that is an important thing, because if we can get the data from that, we can get the grants that we're looking for and the support that we're looking for. But there is one thing I would like to announce. We are hoping that this podcast, for anyone who is listening, um, we're hosting a surprise trailer competition Um, so we have an opportunity to put a trailer in our local theaters during the holiday campaign Mm
0: -hmm. and
2: so if anyone locally or in the region or nationally wants to submit a trailer to those to that competition they can all that we ask is it's less than 30 seconds and that it it has royalty-free stuff make sure you own your own you know your own stuff or royalty-free songs And then tell us what what makes you game. That's the theme. Why why do you game? Why do you play video games? Answer that question. All the the submissions will be online on our website. Um, But the winning submission will be given a special present um, that we have. We'll be getting a signed controller at Spot Series controller that was signed by Phil Spencer... Seamus Blackley and the um, famous uh, Larry Major Nelson. So wow.
0: incredible! If
2: people want to get involved, uh, they can visit our website. The information will be up starting tomorrow. um, and then um, it'll be it'll be on the right hand side of that site. So.
0: Wow, that's incredible. Well, yeah, definitely, everyone listening, uh, go to igameusa.com. Make sure you register. Get to editing on your trailer. uh, And then I'm so looking forward to that big announcement on August 11th, Gina. So we'll make sure that uh, we as the ESCA community also promote and help amplify that as well. Um, I just want to thank you again for joining Megan and myself today on this episode. Um, You know, thank you for your over a decade of advocacy, you know, thank you for helping so many people in the Idaho area and beyond. And thank you for your time. joining us today on the eSports Next podcast.
2: All right. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to helping everyone and having everyone help Idaho, not just Idaho gamers, but help the world realize we're a movement. We're here. We're here to say, and we're not going away. So. I
0: love it. Thank you, Gina.